We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is November 6, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host Luke Sylvia, who is burst into song and dance. Luke Sylvia, how are you doing? Orlando Magic, Orlando Magic, Orlando Magic. Oh, man, 2-0. Since we last spoke on the show, Jonathan, it's this is a wild NBA season. The vibes last episode, they were a little down, and we acknowledged that. But now they couldn't be higher. They could not be higher. A big turnaround. I, I was not expecting the week to end this way. We'll, we'll talk about the Lakers game a, a bit later. Like We'll go into a lot of detail. But just like... As we got closer to tip-off against the Lakers, I was feeling worse and worse and worse for a number of reasons, you know, since we all last talked. Yeah. But man, big win over the Lakers at home. Lakers fans going home early, quiet for 95% of the game. Big magic win, great magic crowd. A lot of great things for the magic right now, you know, in terms of like their standings in the Eastern Conference. Winning two games in a row, a lot of momentum. Paolo Bancaro is back, back in prime form. A lot to be happy about, Luke. Much better vibes uh, since our our last episode, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Just want to throw a couple of quick things out there. Uh, As you are listening to this on Monday, tonight, the Magic are set to take on the Dallas Mavericks at home at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be filming our newest edition of the Six Fan Show outside Amway following that game. So if you're going to the game or you're even going to be in the area tonight after the game, make sure you find Ben outside of Amway. He'll take you know, fan you know, reactions and, and takes and rants and celebrations. If you guys want to get a, a big mob together and, and start you know, crowd surfing, whatever you guys want to do after this uh, hopeful victory over the Dallas Mavericks, be sure to find our boy Ben. 
want to run by you guys again. We have our first watch party of the year coming up on November 16th at 8 o'clock. We'll be at Wall Street Plaza to watch the Magic take on the Bulls in the in-season tournament. That's one of our in-season tournament games. Again, that's Friday, November 16th at 8 o'clock, Wall Street Plaza. Uh, again, we're joining forces with the Orlando Magic and Michelob Ultra. Going to be a great time. Make sure that you guys come out for that. And coming up this Thursday, we did one last Thursday against the Jazz. We're going to do another one this Thursday when the Magic take on the Hawks at 930. We're going to do another playback uh, where basically you guys can watch along with us while we watch the Hawks game and while we all watch the Hawks game. So if you're interested in that, uh, a lot of people enjoyed the last one. It was a ton of fun. Appreciate everybody that uh, joined that uh, that playback. You can find us at playback.tv slash sixth man show. Go ahead and subscribe and join our room now uh, so that you'll get notifications when we go live. Those are always a ton of fun. Luke, let's get into the state of the magic. So this week, the magic went two and two with losses to the Lakers and Clippers in Los Angeles on Monday and Tuesday. And then a big win over the Jazz in Utah on Thursday. And a win in Orlando over the Lakers in their rematch from Monday. That was Saturday night. Luke, the Magic, as we record this, they currently sit fourth in the Eastern Conference. As of Sunday afternoon, the Magic are 15th in the NBA in offensive rating with an offensive rating of 109.8. They are second in the NBA in defensive rating with a rating of 103.5. They are 10th in net rating with a 6.3. Unfortunately, this is going to be our first edition of the season of the injury report. Uh, Markel Fultz has now missed the last two games due to left knee swelling. Uh, he was named in the starting lineup Thursday against the Jazz about an hour and a half before tip-off. And then about 45 minutes later, he was ruled out. Jamal Mosley said he went through warm-ups and then had some swelling in that left knee. So he has now missed the last two games. Uh, Gary Harris left Thursday's game in Utah in the second quarter with a strained right groin. Uh, so he missed the whole second half Thursday and missed Saturday's game. And then Wendell, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, is going to have surgery to repair a fractured third metacarpal in his left hand. He'll be reevaluated in three weeks. That happened basically at the end of that Jazz game. So a big loss. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, as we go through the Jazz game, like really what Wendell's absence, uh, you know, means for the Magic and, and, and what it's going to mean going forward, Luke. But just massive losses, like really in the span of one game for the Magic. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about kind of why it hasn't so far been the end of the world. But the last thing you want, and as the Magic continue to mount wins, I mean, we all remember Mo Wagner when he was in the starting lineup, albeit now being Goga, but regardless with a different person, with a different player at center, the magic were still able to figure it out last year and go on that huge win streak last season without Wendell Carter jr. So the optimism is still there. This team can stay afloat with injuries regardless, but you just hope that we don't have to do it with that many players out, especially, you know, if it's Wendell who's out for a good amount of time, he'll be like you said, you know, and we said, Reevaluate in a few weeks, but if we can get Markel Fultz back, who at this point is questionable at the time of recording this at nine forty-five on Sunday night, the fifth. He is questionable, as we last have heard. Gary Harris is out. If we could just get at least like one player back every few games until we're back fully healthy, it would be a huge help. I just, I just would hate to squander opportunity when this team is hot and not be as healthy as possible. 
Gary Harris has, has been ruled out mm-hmm. uh, for Monday's game. So Markel questionable. Looks like Gary is still going to be out for a little bit. I try my best uh, pregame Saturday against the Lakers just to ask you know Jamal Mosley on sort of what do they expect with Markel and Gary? Is this just going to be sort of like a day-to-day or something that they expect either of those guys to miss significant time? With Markel, Saturday was a game-time decision, was ruled out. And now Monday, he's questionable. Seems like that's more of a day-to-day. But he basically gave me like the patented cookie-cutter Orlando Magic response when it comes to injuries. We're just going to watch those guys, monitor them day by day, and see how they respond to treatment. So uh, it seems like Gary you know, might be out a little bit longer. But a strained groin, that's not something that you want to play around with. That's something that can linger if you don't really do a good job of, of taking care of that and resolving that issue. Wendell, I'm I'm somewhat thankful that they gave us like, oh, we're going to reevaluate him in three weeks. But the dude is having surgery and broken bones, you know, last I checked, usually take about six weeks to heal. So I would be really surprised if we saw, you know, Wendell at any point, like before like Christmas, maybe like that. That might be when we're looking at getting Wendell back. And sure, we'll talk about the Lakers game. We'll talk about the big W, but I'm not sold that you know the the center you know rotation is going to be fine between now and then but we'll talk about that a little bit more when we when we have the the longer conversation about what Wendell's loss means and I do want to add about Gary Harris he did have from what I found he had a groin a strained groin back in 2020 so this is something that he has dealt with before you talk about it lingering I don't obviously I'm sure he made a full recovery but and I don't know if it's just chance that he does it again or if it's just something that can has a higher propensity to happen once you've already had the inner injury when it comes to your groin. But uh, yeah, that's something that he dealt with. And I was trying to find how long he was out for just to see, not that it'll be the same, but to give an idea, but yeah, ho- hopefully it doesn't keep him out too long, especially since it's something he dealt with a few years ago. Was that at the beginning of 2020? Was that like the, the, the first COVID year or was that like the kind of COVID shortened season the the following year? That was October 5th. Fifth, he was expected to miss four to six weeks in 2020, October 5th, so almost 2021. Um, yeah, so, so was, he was he was with uh, Denver when they started the season, mm-hmm. uh, December 23rd of 2020. So um, yeah. he must have you know bounced back from that you know rel- relatively quickly. So hopefully it's it's the the same case with Gary. Would hate to be without him for a, a number of weeks, but I, we'll just keep an eye on that and continue to and, monitor that. And I don't know how, how often players have groin strains or whatever, but he also had one in 2016. So I don't know. It seems like an every three to four year thing with him at this point. So it's so, something that at least he's a, he's accustomed to, and I'm sure knows how his body responds to, yeah. to treatment and, you know, has a has a good idea of how to come back from that pretty strong. So, but yeah, we'll just like the rest of you, we'll keep looking at those injury reports and and keep seeing if we can you know get any, any type of updates from you know Jamal Mosley. So, all right, Luke, let's talk about this Jazz game. So now we're we're going you know all the way back to Thursday. So it's been a few days, uh, but you know this is the the nature of the NBA season with us. You know, with the Monday and uh, Thursday episodes, you know sometimes we got to wait a few days to talk about things, but. Again, going back to this, Markel listed in the starting lineup 90 minutes before the game. 45 minutes later, was scratched with a sore left knee. Gary Harris left this game in the second quarter. Back and forth game, really, especially the first half. Uh, Magic had a 14-point lead early in the third quarter. 
And later in the quarter, the Jazz cut the lead to one. Uh, Magic pushed the lead back out to 10 in the fourth quarter. They led 104 to 94 with 639 left in the game. Lowry Markinen hits a three with a minute 15 ago, which cuts the Magic lead uh, to two. We're up two with 33 seconds left, and Cole takes a, a pretty tough contested baseline jumper. He misses it, which we, I guess we can, we can talk about that shot specifically because it seemed like the last couple of minutes of this game we saw play out eight or ten times last season. It looked like it was going to be a collapse. Uh, so he misses that jumper. The Jazz come down the other end. Kelly Olynyk finds Markinen wide open at the top of the key for an open three. He hits it. The Jazz take the lead with 20 seconds left. Magic timeout. And at this point, Luke, I'm convinced the Magic are going to lose this game. I've seen this play out time and time again. We just saw the a couple of games before that in LA. End of the game, you need a good, a good shot. Magic weren't able to do so. This time was different. Paolo Bancaro had 28 points up to this point. Paolo gets the ball at the top of the key. Drives right, cuts back left through John Collins and Jordan Clarkson with the left-hand scoop finish to put the Magic up one. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker has a pretty good look at a three. He misses. Wendell Carter Jr. collects the rebound and is fouled by Kelly Olynyk with 1.3 seconds left. He falls to the ground, grabbing at the left hand. He gets up. He's shaking his head. He's basically doubled over, holding the left hand. I, I'm not great at lip reading, but I'm pretty sure he he said to Jonathan Isaac, like while they're on the floor, like it's it's broken or I broke it, something like that. Later on, now we know that he was diagnosed with a fractured third uh, metacarpal in his left hand. Will be reevaluated in three weeks. Um, and at this point, this is something that Kevin and I screwed up on the playback. A lot of times, you know, when a when a guy you know goes out, and you know, going back to like college and in high school, you know. That's the extent of our basketball experience here. Um, coach picks who wants to be subbed in of you know of the the team that has the injured player, and then the opposing coach picks who on the floor at that point he wants to take the free throws. And the NBA does not work that way. And this was our mistake, and we're correcting it now. Will Hardy had the ability to pick anybody on the Magic roster, on the bench, on the floor, regardless, to sub into the game and have to take these two free throws after Wendell was fouled. Will Hardy smartly picks the rookie who is not a great free throw shooter in Anthony Black. Anthony Black comes in, splits the free throws. Now the Magic are up two with 1.3 seconds left. Kelly Olenek just throws a bad inbounds pass. Franz steals the inbound, throws the ball to the other end. Magic win 115-113. to Luke, what are your thoughts like going through the, the last couple of minutes of this game as the magic are sort of unraveling and then they're able to to squeak out the victory here uh, it's really echoing the sentiment of thinking this game was over right like you you've come that far you've seen this movie before all signs point to the jazz at home absolutely hitting the game winner at the end of that game like there it didn't seem like that wasn't going to happen. Honestly, we were down two, and I was like, they're going to, I just think they're going to go for the three just to end it. Um, and the truth is with this game, man, like the second quarter was the only quarter that the magic really showed out in this game. It's the only quarter that the magic won. Thankfully it was an incredible quarter where the magic put up 36 points to Utah's 24. But uh, outside of that, and obviously, Paolo and Franz combining for 51. 
from the team perspective, I don't know that I really would have expected the Magic to win this game after knowing everything I know about the game. Just because the other three quarters were so... They just weren't anything like that second quarter, man. And I, I'm looking back through it now, too. Markkanen hits the three with that you know 19 seconds left. And it's like, man, I don't know if we're even going to convert. I mean, we've been burned in the last week by sideline out-of-bounds plays. Right? Like, we just came off of that against the Lakers. So I thought, this is deja vu. This is going to happen all over again. But man, Paolo Bancaro with the finish that was gutsy and is everything you want in your guy. And if there was any doubt about if Paolo Bancaro was back, that erased any doubt that I had. I was like, okay, this isn't just a one-off thing. Paolo Bancaro is back. He's himself. He's not afraid of the moment, not afraid to take the shot. And (laughs) not to mention it being offhanded layup there and then an acrobatic shot to, to, to take the lead. Yeah, Paolo, first game winner of his career. He posted that to his Instagram story today. And I, I knew that, but for a second I was like, is it really? And then, no, like that really was his first game winner. We talked about that all offseason, that those were going to come in time. You know, Franz got the majority of those looks last season, and I think we all agreed that like it's going to be Paolo's turn You know, for those eventually. And he, he had a couple, you know, like last year in, in overtime against the Clippers. I think he had like seven points in overtime and just like really dominated, which essentially like was the game winner to a certain extent, but not of maybe not the way that we always you know, seem to talk about them. But yeah, like this was like game on the line. You got to get a bucket, ended up winning the game. That was his first game winner. And it was just awesome. I was so happy to like squeak out with that win, but Really, it started in the second quarter that you're talking about where the Magic really got going, putting up 36 points because the previous three games, you know, against the Blazers, against the Lakers, against the Clippers, Kevin and I were watching this Jazz game on playback. And the beginning of the game, we're like, where is the joy that we're used to seeing this team play with? Where is the energy and the fight that we're accustomed to seeing this team play with? And we were talking about Jalen. We're like, Look at Jalen. Like Jalen is all over the place playing, you know, like his hair is on fire. Everybody needs to have that energy. And something like at the end of the first quarter going into the second, something changed. Like we started to knock down shots. It felt like the offense was picking up momentum and sort of getting that swagger back. And that carried throughout the rest of the the second quarter. Great quarter that you're talking about. But as we got down the stretch, it was like we had a 14-point lead second half on the road. And I started to have flashbacks against Oklahoma City last year where I think we had an 18-point lead in the second half, in the third quarter, and then you go on to lose that game. And I'm like, good teams don't do this. When you have a a double-digit, like almost a 15-point lead on the road in the second half, good teams find a way to close out that game. Now, the next sort of point of growth and evolution of this team well, being, okay, this is a 14-point lead. Well, we need to make this a 20-point lead and like really just take their will before they have a chance to get back into this game. They let them get back into this game. And it seemed like at the end, like there were a, a few turnovers. Cole Anthony, you know, has sort of like the ill-advised, you know, baseline jumper, had bronze wide open on the wing, like right behind him. If he would have swung the ball, could have got a, met, a much better look there. 
but made the plays that they needed to at the end. Jamal Mosley made some some good substitutions, you know, getting Jonathan Isaac into the game for the final possession there, putting the ball in Paolo Bancaro's hands and, and Paolo just making a, a great play and was really fantastic in this game. And I was probably, I was more relieved than anything that we got out of there with the win. Yeah. But looking back on it, it's like we finally got the first great Paolo Bancaro performance of the year. 30 points, 9 of 13, almost 70% from the floor, 11 of 15 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Yes, he had 6 turnovers, but that was like the scoring output that you and I were begging for the last episode. It is, and I also want to add, I don't need to elaborate on Paolo. I mean, I did with him hitting that left, left-handed layup there down the stretch to win the game, essentially. but. What I want to talk about really with uh, as far as this game goes is last episode I talked about the struggles with that third quarter comes out and it just felt like so often already only a few games in the season this team was just getting hit in the mouth. I was proud of of the of the team against Utah because it, it had become a trend and the magic go from being up eight at the half to being up 14 within the first couple minutes of that third quarter. So. Yes, a great team would have continued to extend that lead, but kind of taking their will to the Utah's you know will to win there at the beginning of the third, extending it to 14 is something we hadn't seen. We hadn't seen something as small as that. We punched them in the mouth first, and it gave us enough leeway to go on to win this game. Because if Utah comes out and does that to you in the third quarter, what you did to them, that sends you on a downward spiral the rest of this game. They outscore you both quarters of the second half. You just did barely enough to get by. So I that, that was one of my, my takeaways there. Also, Jalen Suggs faking a box out. What? Never seen that before in my life. What In the most loving and respectful way. What a psycho. Like Jalen Suggs is just willing to do whatever it takes. It was very like Jose Alvarado-ish. Very. Like hiding in the corner and like yeah. coming up for the steal. Yeah. No, man. I couldn't believe it. Because at first I at first at first glance, really, all it looked like was that he made a great play going for the board and then just, just wreaking havoc in there. He misses the the putback essentially, but then gets the ball and just puts his head right into the sternum of and I don't remember if it was Markinen or which Utah player it was, but just making plays like a, a freaking bulldog that he is. Man, just super impressive. But yeah, first glance, you don't even know he faked the box out. And then I saw replays and everything on social media and whatever. And I was like, wow, he he legitimately faked the box out. Like he had no idea Jalen wasn't, you know, was going to crash the boards. And I hope I'm not being like too critical of like the way that they almost gave up the game because. Like this was a game on the road, the last game of a road trip that you absolutely needed to have. And on the road, like I said, last game of the road trip, if you lose this, you go one and three on the road trip. You're going home two and three instead of three and two to take on the Lakers, especially after like two tough, like straight losses against the Lakers and against the Clippers. Like really proud of the way that this team continued to fight throughout the entire game and eventually pull out the W. Already talked about Paolo Bancaro, you know, fantastic performance. I could not ask for anything more from Paolo in this one. 
Uh, Franz, 21 points, but on 22 shots, so a little bit inefficient. But we've been asking for two years for Franz to realize how good he is and sometimes just like go and get his shots. And that's exactly what he did in this one. Cole Anthony, again, fantastic off the bench. 18 points, 5 of 10 from the floor. Added 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. Uh, 7 assists to 3 turnovers. I love that. Uh, Jalen Suggs, 4 steals, just causing havoc all night. Not the offensive performance that you want out of Jalen Suggs, but he's just so disruptive defensively that if he has you know nights like this every now and again, you're pretty much okay with living with it. Anthony Black, Jalen Suggs got into foul trouble uh, in the first half of this game, and then Gary Harris goes out. Anthony Black stepped up in a big way with almost 16 minutes, nine points, four of four from the floor, uh, three rebounds, one assist, two steals, was great defensively, was just always in the right spot, cutting at the right time, like made some Franz-esque cuts. Like this just goes to show you the kids uh, like offensive IQ and just basketball IQ in general but just made some really great plays. We're going to talk about him more as we talk about the Lakers game. But what a performance from Anthony Black. And then a great Wendell performance. Like we had been we really needed a good Wendell performance. We had been talking about Pella, we talked about Wendell, and both of them stepped up in big ways in this game. Wendell had 14 points, 10 rebounds, shot 3 of 6 from behind the arc. Was just really good in this game and then it was just absolutely spoiled by the injury at the end of the game which now we've talked again, you know, it's the the fractured third metacarpal in his left hand going to be reevaluated in three weeks. But Luke, I just want to take a couple of minutes here to talk about what the injury means for Wendell, what it means for the magic. I think my immediate thoughts, like after the game, like once I got over the like, oh man, I feel terrible for Wendell. Oh man, this really sucks for our team. We talked about this all off season. One thing the Magic needed to do is they needed to make an upgrade at the backup center position. And although we got a great game out of both Goga Batadze and Mo Wagner on Saturday against the Lakers, I personally am not sold that we're going to be okay at the center position while Wendell is out. I think those guys are capable of having good games. I think they will have good games. But a lot of times what keeps you from being a good player in the NBA is consistency and being able to do that on a night-in and night-out basis. And if the Magic struggle during this point, while Wendell is away, I think we're going to look back and be like, you should have upgraded like the backup center position in the offseason. It's hard to ignore, and that goes into what I was saying at the top of the show about this is great, but it, you just don't feel good about it. Like There's a reason that Goga was getting DNPs. I mean, that's the truth. Completely share the sentiment. Definitely concerning. You want no offense to Goga or Mo. You would like a better option in the scenario with a, a center who struggles to give you 55 games, 60 games in a year. So is what it is, but, and we'll take it and roll with it, obviously. And they're going to do everything they can in their power. Goga and Mo, that is. Coach Mosley to make sure that this goes as smoothly as possible over the next few weeks until we get Wendell back. It's a small fraction of the season, but a bad stretch can really break a team down. Let's say the Magic get Wendell like right after Christmas, like at, at the absolute earliest. He's missing 20 games, 
like right off the bat. You know, he played the the first what was that five games of the season, and now is going to you know miss twenty, come back for the twenty sixth game, and then we'll have what fifty six more games to to get through, hopefully without injury. It, it's just if the Magic struggle, right? I reserve the right to be wrong. I'm I'm totally fine with that. If Goga and Mo just like really hold down the fort while Wendell is out, I will, you know, whatever. I'll I'll take the L on that. I'll be more than happy to do so, but I have my reservations on on whether or not it's it's going to go well. I do think the Magic can survive without Wendell. I mean, they they showed us last year, you know, they went on that 6-game winning streak without Wendell. If I'm not mistaken, I think Maybe a, a game or two of that. They were also missing Paolo. Maybe he was still dealing with the ankle injury. I, I feel like I remember that. I could be wrong on that. But this team is better than they were last year. They're deeper than they were last year. I, I do think they're they're better positioned to handle a loss like Wendell, especially as other guys are are stepping up and, and, and you know giving us good minutes here. But I think there's the opportunity that we look back and we're like that should have happened. And maybe because the playoffs or the postseason or whatever may not yet be the number one goal of this organization. Maybe they're like, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're sort of okay with just, you know, taking our lumps. We weren't really ready to, to make that move, but that's just still sort of like the one criticism that I would have of this off season that this exact scenario, you could see it coming from a mile away. We talked about it for two straight months mm-hmm. after free agency started before the season started that like, Hey, Wendell is a guy that you can, you know, pretty pretty much figure that he's going to miss, you know, yeah. twenty to twenty five games a year, and we're looking at him potentially there's, missing twenty games here. First if, of all, if not more, there's no way. I hope there's no way that this team doesn't have playoffs and in the forefront of the mind, especially with the start, the way Palo is now back, like. I just struggle to believe that that's not the case. And therefore, I'm hopeful that this gets figured out, whether that's Wendell coming back. when Do we think there's a possibility he comes back when he's reevaluated in the three weeks? There's no way. I don't think so. So the, the third metacarpal, for those of you, of you who are watching on YouTube, I'll try to you know describe this as best as possible for your, if you're listening along. So the third metacarpal is like the bone that is like inside the hand of the finger that like connects your finger to your wrist. So like it's, it's a finger, but he, he's essentially broken his hand. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't see how you come back from that in three weeks. Like, yeah, there, there's no way, especially when you've, you're typically prone to injury as it is. I don't know how well his body heals necessarily. The other thing that I will say before we move on to our, our break here, Jonathan is I, still feel better than let's say last year in this situation with players going down because you have a guy that like Anthony black that jumps in. We know we've talked all about Fultz's impact on winning. He's almost 500 with the magic's record with him is almost 500 when he plays. He's 10 games below 500. Anthony black's undefeated. It's true. There's not a lot. I'm I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to start the the magic (laughs) civil war here. Like some people are, um, but anyway, like Fultz largely impacts winning. And, but the thing is, right now, when you do have depth, it's less of 
a, a struggle, right? Like we we still expect the Magic to struggle at times without Wendell, without Markel, without maybe without Gary Harris as well. We'll talk more about that as well, I'm sure. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know this the state the Magic are are in right now. How good or bad we should be feeling about these injuries. But I feel like we're going to find out this week. And, and this is a conversation I think we're also going to have as we talk about the Lakers game. I, I You can't really yeah. talk about the Lakers game without mm-hmm. talking about the absence of Wendell and the way that you know, Goga and, and Mo Wagner played. So we'll talk about that in a couple of, uh, couple of minutes here. But before we do that, I just want to give a, a special shout out to the folks that help make each and every episode possible. Uh, we literally could not be doing what we do without our wonderful patrons. So if you don't know what a patron is, um, patrons are, are part of our Patreon community. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a, a platform essentially where you can help financially support your creators and uh, be part of a, a larger community in, in supporting the creators that create the content that you love. Uh, part of our uh, benefits with our Patreon community is we shout out brand new patrons. Whenever we have them, we like to give them a, a special and a heartfelt thank you. So a big thank you to Ahmad Timsa, our newest uh, patron who joined at our Hall of Fame level. Uh, really, really appreciate your uh, support and welcome to the community. Welcome to the family. And then we give a special shout out to all of our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons each and every episode. I have the the honor and the, the pleasure of doing that now. So I'll go ahead and start with the Court Cousins and then best friend uh, Drew Gooden, Armin Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Day, Paolo and Francis, Warren, Pierre A., Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez. Congratulations, Mikey. Congratulations, Mikey, for what whatever it is. I, I don't really know, but congratulations. Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Emin Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freak, and Shahan 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo, Ben Himro, RM Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, uh, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Iris Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, Kaysen Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, and again, Ahmad Timsa. Thank you to all of our patrons. If you would like to join our Patreon and be part of the community, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Luke, I, I was at Saturday's game against the Lakers, uh, you know, covering the the game for for our outlet, you know, as media, you know, credential and all that, all that kind of awesome jazz. The drive in, first of all, can we just talk about the turnpike for like five seconds here? Terrible. Two of like the last three times I've been on the Florida turnpike, there have been vehicle fires. I don't know what it is about the turnpike, but cars just be catching on fire. I was, mm-hmm. I was. My ETA went from 416 to 446 to 546 over the course of like five minutes. Now, luckily, I ended up getting the Amway about 445, what I believe happened. But Luke and I ran into the same thing on the night of the draft, driving back from Orlando on the turnpike. And I must have sat in traffic, Luke, that night for about 50 minutes because a semi-truck had literally caught fire. So I don't know what is going on with the turnpike, but let's let's figure out how to stop these cars from catching fire. That is what I would hope moving forward here. Yeah, the turnpike's cursed. As I pulled into Amway, Luke, I started to get a little bit nervous because I pulled like the front of Amway, saw everybody walking into the building, a lot of purple and gold, mm-hmm. which Lakers are in town. That is to be expected. But I was hoping that this year would be different. Get up to the media loge. Teams are coming out of the tunnel. The Lakers come out. The crowd got very loud during starting lineups. Crowd was very loud. You know, when they call LeBron James, crowd got really, really loud. For the Magic, the crowd got almost as loud. So I was still like, okay, this kind of sucks, but this is definitely better than what we've had in recent years. To start the game, it was pretty close. The crowd was pretty loud when the Magic would do something. The crowd was louder when the Lakers would do something, the crowd was a lot louder when LeBron would do something. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, we need to make sure that we're putting this game away pretty early or that Lakers crowd is really going to start to, to be an issue. Um, but the magic to maybe not my, okay. I'll, I'll say to my surprise, we talked about this, Luke, you and I both picked this, uh, early last week to be a game that the Magic would lose, but the Magic like really come out of the gate in the first quarter, take a a pretty nice lead against the Lakers, uh, led thirty nine to twenty five after one, and at halftime led this game sixty seven to fifty one, had a big lead. Paolo Bancaro again, just absolutely phenomenal in this game. Started the game I think six for six and two of two from the three point line was hitting his free throws, was making plays for everybody else. Gogo Batadze starts the game with a huge block on Anthony uh, Davis that really uh, set the tone here. The rookie, Anthony Black, probably should have led with this. Uh, Sorry, Anthony. But the rookie, Anthony Black, gets the start with Gary Harris out, with Markel Fultz out. And he and Jalen in that first quarter, along with Gogo Batadze, like really helped set the tone. Uh, but forced the Lakers into seven turnovers. Magic were getting out in transition. We're able to take advantage of those opportunities, Luke. But then you're like, okay, 
great first half lead. First half leads in the NBA don't really mean anything, you know, unless they're 20 plus, usually you're safe. With that 16 point lead, it was so important for the Magic to come out, get off to a good start. Lakers, you know, they make a little bit of a run in that third quarter. Uh, Magic were able to push the lead out just a little bit more. End of the third quarter, I think the Magic were up by 16. LeBron has the ball, and he had already, you know, hit a, a, a one or, or two like difficult threes in this game. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is a, a, a 16 point, you know, or no, I'm sorry, it was a 19 point game. LeBron, I'm thinking to myself, if he hits a three, that's going to cut the lead to 16. Going to give these Lakers, you know, fans here a lot of hope, get them energized going into the fourth quarter. Really wouldn't be a good thing for us. Franz Wagner ends up with the steal, goes the other way for the dunk to give the Magic a 21-point lead going into the fourth quarter. You're feeling pretty good. Now, a couple of minutes into the fourth quarter, one, Jamal Mosley went with Jonathan Isaac to start the fourth quarter, give them a little bit of defense, had a nice block on LeBron uh, at the three-point line to start the quarter. Very next possession, good contest on Anthony Davis. Now, this is where we're going to talk about this week's Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. Franz Wagner gets the rebound. Starts heading the other way. Mo Wagner's got an open lane down the left-hand side. Drives to the rim. Franz throws the perfect lob. Mo Wagner grabs it, slams it down. Amway Center goes crazy. Gives the Magic a 25-point lead early in the fourth quarter, Luke. And at that point, I'm thinking, like, the, the game's got to be over, right? Like, you're up 25 in the fourth quarter. There's no way the Magic are going to lose this game. And just, it, it was really a culmination of everything. You had just lost to this team on Monday. Now you've got them at your house. You're coming off of a win. Last game of the road trip. I heard probably three or four different team employees talking about the flight back from Utah before this game, how they didn't get in until like five or six o'clock in the morning on Friday and just how they barely got any sleep that day and how everybody was so tired and feeling awful. And that with the fact that we were missing Markel, missing Gary, missing Wendell, I'm thinking, man, this is not going to be a good night. We've seen this play out time and time again. Tons of Lakers fans in the building. But being up, Franz throws that lob to Mo Wagner. The crowd is going crazy. Puts them up by 25 for all of those reasons. Luke, I think that has to be the Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. 100% the Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. As you guys have heard on this show before, Jam Hot Chicken located in Winter Park there, um, located at 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square. And they're bringing jams, culture, and hot chicken to the heart of Winter Park. You guys can follow them on social media at Jam Hot Chicken, or you can visit online jamhotchickenfl.com. You can look at their, you know, access the menu, online ordering, music playlists, all things Jam Hot. Go check them out. If you go to them in person, obviously, just tell them us at the Six Man Show sent you. Luke, I want to take us back to the fourth quarter here. Now, Lakers go on a little bit of run. We talked about, you know, the Magic had the 25-point lead. They cut the lead to 13 with five minutes and 16 seconds to go. Teams sort of go back and forth, you know, turnovers, missing a couple of shots. Magic get the ball back with four minutes, 23 seconds. Gogo Batadze gets the rebound. Paolo Bancaro finds Cole Anthony at the top of the key for an open three with 4.05 to go. He sinks it to put the Magic up 113-97, to 97, gives them a 16-point lead. 
Now a 16-point lead with four minutes to go, 99 times out of 100, you're, you're winning that game. But it's you don't usually see teams just throw in the towel at this point. But Darvin Ham calls a timeout and takes all of the starters out and essentially waves the white flag at that point, effectively ending the game. It was a huge shot from Cole Anthony. We'll talk about him in this game. He was great. Obviously, Paolo Bancaro was fantastic. A lot of guys were really good in this game. But to drive that knife into the heart of all of the Lakers faithful there, into the Lakers themselves, I see Darvin Ham call the timeout. I'm like, okay, four minutes left, 16-point lead. Like, probably not pulling everybody just yet. Maybe going to give it another minute or so to see if they can start a run. But then I see the scrubs coming over and taking off their warm-ups. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this game is actually over. We are blowing out the Lakers at home. We are moving to 4-2. and two. We were minutes away from that win Monday in LA. Had you gotten that, now you'd be 5-1. and one, And just all of like the crazy overreactions in my mind start. Like the Magic are fourth in the Eastern Conference now. What what does this mean for the rest of the season? Obviously, Gogo was awesome in this game. Mo Wagner was awesome in this game. Mo Wagner in the third quarter just like really like took over and was fantastic in this game. Pulling up the third quarter stats now, and as uh, NBA.com is just taking a moment to load here, uh, offensive rebounds. Yeah, he was nowhere near as good in that uh, in that third quarter as I as I thought he was. It felt like it was all Mo Wagner in that third quarter. Maybe it was the the fourth quarter. No, Mo Wagner, just two points in that fourth quarter. I don't know what it was. The offensive rebounds in this game for the Magic, I believe it was 19 offensive rebounds for the Magic. It was just bodying the Lakers the entire night. Mo Wagner was a, was a part of that. Uh, but beating them at home... Their fans going home immediately after the game. Dante talking to Paolo after the game about the Lakers fans that were in attendance. And Paolo basically said, like, look, it's it's about the magic. Like, this is a this is a new day. Like we're like we're here. Like it is a, a new day for the Orlando Magic. Just a really exciting game, Luke. Big win over the Lakers. Always good to 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 hand LeBron James and Anthony Davis a loss and, and see the Lakers fans go home early. You did this team did a great job just from Really, from the obviously those first three quarters were great. Up until the fourth quarter, you won every single quarter. Quite the reverse from what we saw in that Utah game. But the Magic were up one hundred one to eighty going into that fourth quarter, and it just it felt right. It felt great. I felt awesome about it. But it starts with the beginning, right? It starts with how did Coach Mosley set this team up for success, and the way he did it was maybe a gutsy way to do it. Anthony Black kind of throwing him into the fire. Thankfully, he maybe got a little bit of jitters out in that Jazz game when he came in and had to play an integral part of that. He comes into this one. He starts the game. Obviously, we know Goga comes in. He starts the game over Mo, who Goga had been getting DMPs to that point. So you're thinking, how is this going to play out? Goga has that block at the beginning of the game, Jonathan. And that's when I think that I'm sure that that helped the team settle in a little bit quicker than they might have if AD comes in and, you know, just dominates Goga Bataze to start the game, scores a quick bucket, 
and then we're going the other way. Like he did on Monday. Yeah. Just very impressive way to set, set the tone for Goga. There's one thing I know about Goga, especially defensively, is he's not going to be starstruck by the Lakers or whatever. Like he is very much, I'm about my business. Whatever you guys want me to do, I'll come in and I'll do it. I know my role in this on this team. Goga comes in, he executes, right? And you think it just can't get any better than that. Can't get any better than Goga coming in, getting a block on the on the first play, and then getting everybody else going. But it does. It gets better than that with the man himself, Anthony Black. I couldn't believe it. He's out here hitting threes. He goes two for three from three in this in this game. He's got the, the corner three locked down. And my favorite part of the game was he hits a three, turns around, he's chirping at the, the Lakers the third bench. Quarter. Yeah. He hits that three from the corner, turns around, and he has a couple words for the Lakers bench. I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, oh, okay. The moment's not too big for Anthony Black. The kid is confident. And that's what Mosley said, too. He said, I told him, I told AB he's starting. And he just looked at me and said, okay. He didn't seem like he was overjoyed. Now, don't get me wrong. Behind closed doors, you know, AB, like to himself, was like, super excited about the opportunity. But to him, able to conduct himself, compose himself, and go out and make plays, letting us know the moment's not too big for Anthony Black. The, Kevin last night uh, on the postgame live was asked by somebody, hey, I didn't catch the game. Can you give me like two players that you would say were the keys to this game? Kevin, there was really no wrong answer. My answer just to be different and what I thought, like I, I heard him say it on the show and I was like, okay, he, these are the two I would say. He said Paolo and Franz. Because they, again, they combined for 51 for the second straight night in a row. But my answer would have been and is Paolo Bancaro and Anthony Black. Those two guys made a huge difference. Franz Wagner, really, uh, I mean, highest career field goal attempts in a game at 28. Shoots 12 of 28 from the field to go with only 26 points. Didn't get to the free throw line. Didn't do a great job of getting to the free throw line in that Jazz game either. So, pretty efficient, inefficient night for Franz Wagner. So, for me, man... Paolo Bancaro, 9 of 15, 25 points, 5 of 7 from the three from the free throw line, 50% on threes. There was, and then obviously Anthony Black, like I said, just making plays and and making his presence felt as the rookie that he is. It sure didn't feel like he was a rookie. And to all encapsulate this game, it felt like the perfect ratio of how I want the the magic to play. In terms of three point attempts, 33 of them, about in the range that you and I had talked about a few weeks ago, where this team needs to be in order to be a threat from three, but not totally dependent, right? Preseason, we saw the team was very dependent on the three. This game, 33 attempts, 36.5% essentially from three, hits 12 of them. I think that was perfect. Joe Ingles. Five three-point attempts in 25 minutes. Obviously, Gary Harris not being in was increasing minutes, his three-point attempts, those sort of things. But if Joe Ingles can get three to four threes a game in the 15 to 20 minutes, it's probably going to be more like 15 from what we've seen so far, maybe a little less. 
But I just thought from top to bottom, from the perimeter, this team did exactly what they needed to to win this game. So I think that was one of my main main takeaways, and I'll talk about a couple more in a, in a, in a couple minutes here. But yeah, I think with Franz, you know, like the twenty eight field goal attempts, like there were probably five or six shots in this game. I was like, wait, what? What are, what are we doing here? Like you're doing just a little bit too much there. But I would much rather Franz be at twenty eight field goal attempts than like twelve or fourteen, like we were accustomed to seeing out of him last year. I'm okay with him being sort of like ultra aggressive. Right. Obviously, look, you, you blow out the Lakers at home. You're not really going to find a ton to be mad about when you, you when you look at this game. Right now, if this is a, a 15 point loss to the Lakers, we're probably feeling a little bit different about Franz's performance. So the win definitely does hide some things. We're all feeling pretty good about this second game in a row from Palo Bancaro. 25 points, uh, seven rebounds, a career high, 10 assists, his first ever point assist double double in this game. 9 of 15, 60% from the floor, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. Just a, a masterful, masterful Palo Bancaro game. He talked about um, like how at the end of last season, he had finally figured out like how to get like his you know, teammates mm-hmm. involved when other teams were sort of like doubling and, and tripling him. And he's trying to carry that over into this season. And this was just a, a perfect example of that, like really picking his spots one of my favorite plays in the game, obviously, crosses over uh, LeBron James, goes into Anthony Davis with the and one. Just like, so uh, I think it was Welkod posted the meme of like LeBron with like a fake quote saying, oh, snap, like, I guess it's time to pass the torch. This didn't, wasn't exactly like a pass the torch moment, but like that is coming. Like Paolo Bancaro being one of the better players in this league. I think is going to happen a lot faster than some people realize, maybe even faster than, than we realized. We talked about this and we posted the clip from the last episode where we were talking about a couple of weeks from now, we're going to look back on this and laugh and think like, oh, wow, we were people were yeah. so dumb to be like concerned. And I was a little bit concerned. I'm not going to lie. Paolo didn't look great through preseason and you know the, the first handful of games there. But the quote after the Jazz game to me, just so perfectly encapsulates Paolo Bancaro. Like when we talk about his confidence and like that really unshakable confidence, he's talking to Kendra Douglas after the game. She's talking about the scoring outburst and you know what that meant to him. He said, rough start. So what? This is what I do. Like in the way that that man said that I'm, I'm giddy and I'm getting chills thinking about it. Like rough start. So what? This is what I do. Like, the fact that you could tell that the rough start, he wasn't happy about it, but it it wasn't shaking his confidence maybe like we all thought it was. And he's like, no, this is what I do. This is who I am. I've done this my entire life. And now I'm about to go give LeBron James 25, 10, and 7. All right, watch me work. Yeah. So Paolo Bancaro, just like two like back-to-back games. Like you know, it's It's a new day talking about the Magic. Two back-to-back games with two of my favorite Paolo quotes of all time. It was just a ton of fun. Goga, great minutes. We talked about him. Uh, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Mo Wagner, the quarter that I was thinking about was the second quarter. He was great in the second quarter, but great throughout this game. Uh, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 5 offensive rebounds. Goga Batadze had 4 offensive rebounds. Cole Anthony had 3 in this game. Absolute dog. Cole had 14 points, uh, 5 rebounds, and an assist as well. Jalen Suggs with 
outside of like the jam of the weeks that we're talking about, maybe the most exciting play of the season so far. The nutmeg on D'Angelo Russell to Joe Ingles for the three, which was Joe Ingles' first three of the season at home. And Kevin joked about it on the postgame live last night, but legitimately, if Joe Ingles didn't hit that three, I don't know if anybody would have been rushed out of Orlando quicker <laughs> in the history of the Magic than Joe Ingles, because that would have been an all-time wasted highlight hey. had he not canned that three. You know what Joe Ingles was probably saying, would have said, and it would say if he was here right now, he'd say, rough start, so what? That's what this I do. This is what I do. This is what yep. I do. Joe Ingles hits that three, man. I just, oh, dude, that was so good. And Suggs now feels like we're getting a highlight of game from him, from the fake box out play in Utah to this one against LA. Jalen Suggs loves the bright lights. And I love Jalen Suggs. A couple other things, Jonathan, here before we get going. I as I was kind of, you know, making notes going through the game, I'm you know, we'll see how this plays out. And I said it you know, when we were taught recapping the Utah game. Wendell goes out. You gotta think Gogo Bataza, yes, he has a great game tonight, but more film maybe gets on get on you know they get on goga time goes on you can't be that consistent all the time otherwise you wouldn't you would have been getting minutes prior right but it does raise the question when nobody's stopping anthony davis i'll preface with that but all things considered man goga did a good job he did a, a very respectable job with his five blocks something that Mo doesn't give you, Wendell doesn't give you. Mo is more of that offensive firepower when you need it, spark plug. Wendell is a rim deterrent. We've talked about that. He's not a rim protector, I wouldn't say, and he's not known for blocking shots. Goga gives you that aspect. It does kind of open the door to, if the matchup permits it, and the starting lineup on the other team, does Goga Bataze get spot minutes and match up with guys like that? I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, but it is interesting to think about. I don't think that it ends up being that way, but it is interesting to think about because he earned at least earned that conversation in this game against the Lakers. Also, I talk about Anthony Black. One of the notes that I have was, how do we get Anthony Black minutes even with Fultz healthy with a bunch of question marks? I don't know. But part of me is like, man, he needs he needs minutes. It, much like Goga, in the term of he's got, he's not going to be this steady, this consistent. And if he is, he deserves a conversation about heavy minutes and that maybe in the closing unit for this team. I don't know, right? Like if that were a reality for him to be this consistent night in and night out, that's a different conversation. But eventually he's, he's a rookie. He's going to have bad games. He might have high turnover games, might not, you know, be the best or be what we thought he he is maybe after this Laker game. But what it did show me is that he's got a long future ahead. Anthony Black is going to make this front office have really tough conversations in the next half a year, few months even. And I really do believe that. Markel Fultz, for, this, for the sake of Markel Fultz, I don't think he's looking over his shoulder right now by any means, but eventually he's going to have to. And he's got to hope that he's in this lineup again sometime soon. 
because Anthony Black is just going to continue to win over the fans, the front office, if he continues to play like this. That's a big if. I don't know if that's going to happen. But I do think that the conversations will happen. So what I do think sort of hinges on a lot of what is being talked about now, because immediately like Anthony Black comes in, makes a, a big impact, yep. starts Saturday, makes a big impact, is a, is a big reason why the Magic won this game and a big reason that why they got up early, you know, knocking down, you know, the, the corner threes. Mm-hmm. But part of what I think that is going to hinge on is his ability to make shots, right? So far to start the season, the results with Jalen Suggs shooting the basketball haven't been great. When we talked about Jalen Suggs theoretically starting alongside Markel Fultz, it was under the theory that Jalen has to be at least a league average three-point shooter. I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I'm having some issues uh, getting web pages to load right now, so I don't have Jalen's uh, three-point uh, averages in front of me. But I know they're well below league average right now. They're He's shooting three about the same attempts as last year so far. Obviously, small sample size. He's shooting... 3.73s a game. Last year he shot 3.8. He is right now shooting 27.3%, whereas last year right. he shot 32, almost 33. Right. So, can a Suggs, Jalen Suggs, uh, uh, Jalen Suggs, Markel lineup work long term with both of those being non shooters? I don't think so. Sure, we've seen the big scoring outburst from Paolo Bancaro, but if you're looking to optimize what he and Franz do, they need maybe not all the space in the world to operate because I think those guys can find their spots and, and, and just find angles that maybe don't look like they're there. I think they're that good to be able to do that. But you need more spacing than, than what we've seen recently. Yeah. Now, if Anthony Black is, is going to knock down two out of three corner threes a game, we can have a conversation. I'm not sold on that just yet. No, either. Like the, the mechanics are much better than they were in Summer League and, and what we saw at Arkansas, but I'm still not anywhere near the point of being like okay yeah anthony black is is a shooter i'm so happy if he never does anything else for the magic i will always remember this game against the lakers when he you know shot the ball really well and hit a couple of corner threes to help the magic win this game will forever be awesome but if we're talking about like people are talking about oh let's trade markel like let's just start anthony black it doesn't get rid of these issues that I, I think people think it would just alleviate. Sure, your your defense is probably a little bit better. Anthony Black's probably a better defender than Markel Fultz right now. His size like really gave D'Angelo Russell issues in this game. There were a few looks that I thought D'Angelo Russell like was going to take and yep. probably normally does, but Anthony Black's size and length like really like deterred him from taking some of those looks. So sure, it helps you defensively. I I'm not sold that it that it helps the offense right now. No, and we're talking about you know he's I don't want to say like given minutes sort of was out of circumstance because guys are are out so somebody's got to come in and and fill that role. I think if anything like if he just continues to play so well where you just can't ignore the kid and he has to play, it's got to facilitate the move of one of the other guards and at this point. I hate to say this, it would probably be Markel. If the Anthony Black we've gotten the last two games is the guy that we're going to get all the time and he's going to give you that type of impact on a nightly basis, hard not to play that kid. 
You took him with the sixth overall pick. Markel's a free agent. Whose ceiling do you believe in more at this point? I think that would be a fair conversation to be had. I think what is more likely, and people aren't going to like this because it's going to affect shooting, but it would probably more so facilitate a Gary Harris move. I don't think you're going to shake up the starting lineup this early in the season, even given how well Anthony Black has played. And look, we're talking about like six quarters so far. We're not even talking about two full games or 10 full games. We're talking about essentially six six quarters here. So let's all just sort of slow down a little bit here. But if the Magic aren't really looking to to move Markel, which I don't think they are, I don't think they're going to be super pumped to move Gary Harris with the way that he's been shooting the ball to start the season. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities. Everybody comes back that Anthony Black goes back to the bench for a time. Are they going to play 11 guys? I don't see that happening. Which leads into my last point, really, Jonathan. Well, okay. Number one, D'Lo, to your point. Yes. Anthony Black played a huge part in that. D'Lo shoots, uh, what was it, 10 three-pointers? Yeah, 10 three-pointers. He hits one of them. There was one in the corner late in the game that on a normal night, it felt like D'Lo hits that three, the Lakers go on a run and win this game. But thankfully, Anthony Black had him second-guessing himself all night and goes on to shoot one of 10 from three. I think it's maybe a little bit of an off-shooting night, but I also think that it's a lot of Anthony Black disturbing. Monday was an off-shooting night for D'Lo, 10 of 14. So he kind of came back to the, the mean for us. Yeah, so exactly. So that being said, we got our first look at the shortest rotation of the season which I think says more about the guys that are on the bench that don't get many minutes for the Magic right now, being Chuma, Admiral. I mean, nothing against Admiral at any point, but Admiral, Caleb Houston, Jet Howard, all of them just playing garbage time for like three to four minutes. The shortest rotation, you play eight eight, eight guys with J.I. spot minutes, and that's the look you get, right? You had freaking Joe Ingles probably wishing he had conditioned better in this game. You had him playing 25 minutes. He's been used to playing 12. So that was interesting. Something that I don't know what it means. I think, like I said, it means that's what their opinion is of the other guys, not to give them one of them like 12 minutes, keep Joe at 12, 13 minutes, whatever it might be, whether it be Jet or whoever. So that was interesting to me, just something to take away. And then the final thing too here, You've already said it, but I want to reiterate it. Offensive rebounds. Everybody in the starting lineup had one. And Mo Wagner had five. Goga, four. Just really awesome team effort in this one. Everybody with Franz, positive plus minus. Anthony Black, plus 32. Outrageous. It wouldn't mean that much if everybody else's, especially on the bench, wasn't just a single digit at the, at the best. A single digit plus. Anthony Black, man, plus 32. Closest person to him was Gogo, plus 27. Go figure. I can't believe it. Down the stretch of this game, like as you know, Cole hits the, the big three that we've talked about that essentially ends the game, I was like really torn. I was like, I understand sticking with Cole here, but like Anthony Black and his minutes was just so impactful. I was like, I won't be mad if he goes back to Anthony Black because he was so good with the starting lineup. I'm not ready to like really pick my side with this conversation here 
Like, does Anthony Black just have to be in the rotation no matter what moving forward, or does he go back to the bench? I want to I want to see things for at least a, another couple of games. I would probably be surprised if Markel plays Monday. Just like given the the sore knee and it's like questionable, oh, game time decision, oh, he's out, so on and so forth. Maybe Mark, maybe we get our answer as soon as Monday, like as soon as tonight, as you all are listening to this. But I just don't think that I would be shocked that everybody comes back healthy, that Anthony Black goes back to the bench, and I know that sucks, and I know that's super unfair and frustrating to Anthony Black. But I think we're it's way too early in the season to make a a, a big change like that. Now, if that happens, he goes back to the bench and now all of a sudden the magic looks terrible again. Then you have that conversation. But I just I would be so surprised if after a game and a half the magic like nope. Anthony Black's <laughs> gotta be in the lineup moving forward. This is what we're doing, so on and forth. It sucks. But if we're really the team that we say we are and we we are as good as we all think we are, sometimes rookies just get the short end of the stick. That's just the way that it is. That's the reality of the NBA with good teams. Yeah. I, are we uh, ready to move on to the, the week ahead of Jonathan? Yeah, let's do it. We talked about it tonight, uh, Monday, got Dallas at home. That game tips off at seven o'clock. Then you've got Tuesday off. I think the team is going to travel Wednesday to Mexico city where they'll take on the Atlanta Hawks. In Mexico City, that game is going to be on NBA TV. That game's not going to tip off until 9.30 p.m. Reminder, we're doing a playback for that game, so make sure that you come hang out, playback.tv slash show. And then the Magic return home on Saturday to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. That will be a 6 o'clock tip-off on Saturday versus the Milwaukee Bucks, Luke. So Dallas, Atlanta, Milwaukee, what do you see happening this week? I got some exciting news, Jonathan. I got some very exciting news. Don't say what I think you're going to say. So the Mavericks played tonight, Sunday, Jonathan, and as we finish recording, the Mavericks end up pulling away. Okay? They beat are, the Hornets. The Hornets, yes. What did I say? Oh, I was just saying they played oh, the Hornets. Okay. I was just yeah, saying yeah. okay, I thought I just like said the wrong team. No. So the Mavericks beat the Hornets 124-118. This info coming to me initially from the good old producer, Kevin Tucker. Luca plays 36 minutes. Kyra plays 30. Kyrie, Kyra. Kyrie plays 34. And uh, they got to play tomorrow night in Orlando. The, the part that makes me happy. The Orlando Magic. Your Orlando Magic, Jonathan. As injured and down and out as it may seem. The Orlando Magic are favored by a point and a half oh, against the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> On Monday. A point and a half? A point and a half. Okay. So essentially coming down to a pick em. But yeah. You look at the Mavericks to this point, they're five and one. You say, How is that even possible? Mavericks, like I said, Kyrie, Luca playing huge minutes in the game against the Hornets, that they were supposed to beat the brakes off them. They were down at twelve at half. They come back, they claw back into this game and they win. The Mavericks only wins are against the Bulls, um, the Bulls, the Grizzlies, the Nets, and the Spurs. They lose as Maybe expected, definitely expected by 11 to the Denver Nuggets, who I think are, on a side note, going to run through the entire NBA like no problem and win another championship. But um, yeah, so that's the Mavericks wins to date. Not super impressive. They are 5-1. and one. Vegas doesn't care. They said, we saw the Magic take care of business shorthanded against LeBron and Anthony Davis. The respect 
is coming. Because Vegas always is ahead of the curve. They know first. The Not respect always. is coming. A lot Not of the always. times. Unless it's but a win-loss. The win over-under win totals, they're, you know, they're win totals slacking. Different. But from the day-to-day, that's where I trust it. The Magic, man... So with that being said, I think the Magic win this game against the Mavericks. It's hard not to. I'm fired up after that, to be honest with you. I looked at ESPN. It said Orlando minus one and a half. I said, well, that's that's crazy to me. But um, I respect it. So I'm going to go the Magic win against them uh, on Monday night. We get the win tonight as y'all are listening to this. You go to Mexico City. I'm going to say... Maybe the newness wears off with Goga and AB a little bit. I think you drop this game to Atlanta. So at this point in the week, Jonathan, you were one and one. Then you go on to play the Bucks. Look at the Bucks; they're not coming off back to back or anything like that. It's it's very tough for me to think that they win that game. So I think the Magic, unfortunately, go one and two this week. I'm going two and one. I think you win your second night of a back to back. Got the Dallas Mavericks at home. Magic find a way to win that game. I think it's going to be close. Atlanta, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on Atlanta. Yeah, they, you know, winners of a four in a row. They play Oklahoma City Monday night. Uh, you know, they're off Tuesday and Wednesday, like the Magic. So it'll, it won't be like any sort of, you know, rest advantage. Basically, they're both flying, you know, the same distance to to Mexico City here from the West Coast. I like the Magic to take care of business against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know. Rough performances against the Hawks last year. I think I think we get the W in, in this one, and then I think you probably lose to Milwaukee Saturday at home. So I've got the Magic two and one this week. If they're able to do that, Luke, then we're going to be sitting at six and three after nine games, which yeah, I'll, I'll take all off. day. They'll also yeah. you know have a nice little four game winning streak at an early part in the season here. And I I joked about this earlier today, but. You know the Magic are, are sitting right there with the Hawks right now in the uh, the good old Eastern Conference standing. So there's a little bit of playoff implications here. Both teams find a way to win Monday. Basically, whoever you know wins that Thursday matchup is going to be a, a step above in the, the Eastern Conference standings. So, and that'll be our our first Eastern Conference opponent of the year, first Southeastern Division uh, opponent of the year as well. So you got a, a a chance to to get a good start in the Eastern Conference and in the Southeast Division. So I'm yeah. going two and one. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. We I have hope, a good chance. Hope you're right. All right, Luke. I think that's going to do it for this one. Yeah. All right, folks. Don't forget uh, tonight, Monday, six fan show outside of Amway after the game against the Mavericks. Find our boy Ben coming up on Friday, November 16th at eight o'clock. We'll be at Wall Street Plaza for the watch party Bulls uh, versus the Bulls for the in season tournament game. And then uh, Thursday, we're going to have that playback uh, starting at 930 when the Magic take on the Atlanta Hawks in that Mexico City game. Should be a good time. Again, you can find us at playback.tv slash show. Forgot what the URL was for a minute there. Luke, that is going to do it for this one. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.